0: We are the Lab Doctors. I'm Amanda. I'm Dorothy.
1: And I'm Zhao Yong.
0: We are biomedical researchers who realized we still have a lot to learn about science.
1: So why not join us on this quest?
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lab Doctors podcast.
2: So this week, we're going to be talking about muscle cramps.
0: Muscle cramps?
2: Yes, specifically exercise-associated muscle cramps.
1: Like the cramps that you get because of a bad warm-up or like the pains you get from exercise after
0: not the pains the cramps okay the one where you're swimming and then you get cramp and then you drown uh, <laughs> i mean uh. <laughs> that's one of the examples so okay wait, let's go to our, my first question have you
2: cramped up before and where slash when huh,
0: i only cram when i'm sleeping you know when you sleep then you get the random cram oh my god and i get that so a lot plain. also the
2: calf one
1: Oh, is it my turn? Uh, Yeah, Uh, exercising. No, not exercising. I guess playing captain's ball or something in the calf.
2: Mm. Yeah. Okay, so before I ask what are muscle cramps, let's think about
0: how our body moves. Do you know how our body moves? The brain sends signals to the muscle yes. to contract.
2: Okay. So basically the brain sends signals or electrical impulses from the nervous system to skeletal muscles. So the spinal cord sends these electrical signals or action potentials through motor neuron. And this leads to calcium release and the contraction cross-bridge cycle. So I'm not going to talk about it, but if you are interested, you can search that on YouTube and watch
0: some videos. Uh. But let's get back on track. So what are muscle cramps? It's when the muscle remains permanently contracted.
2: Okay, so permanently is maybe a strong word. So muscle cramps are temporary but intense and painful involuntary contraction of skeletal muscle. So another keyword there is involuntary. So you can't really control it and you can't really make it happen. And it can occur in many different situations. So basically the muscles contract strongly without you wanting it to and it won't relax. So when we add exercise-associated cramps, it just means that the cramps occur during or after exercise. So how long do you think these cramps
0: last? In my sleep, it lasts forever. <laughs> Wait, really? You no, know, it's like, oh, I just want to go back to sleep. But you'll be like, i like minutes. Pain. No, I think maybe in actual fact, five seconds.
1: <laughs> really? Wow. I, I was say minutes, probably like 10 to 15 maximum, I think.
0: Huh? I mean, it cramps for five seconds and then it aches the rest of the day. Mm, Okay. So based on population data, it's difficult to
2: say because the duration of cramps between individuals can vary greatly from a few seconds to several minutes. The muscle pain may resolve immediately or persist for hours or days after the cramp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the intensity also varies from minor spasms to whole body lockup in some athletes.
0: Also, is spasms counted as cramps? A specific kind of spasm, I guess. Oh, not the twitching eye one. Mm, I don't think so. Okay. So where do cramps
2: usually occur? Okay. So we talked about calf. Yeah. Yeah. Where else do you think cramps usually? The glute. Hmm. So um, exercise-associated muscle cramps typically occur in muscles that span multiple joints and are frequently used during exercise. So the most common are the quadriceps and the hamstring, so your thighs, and the gastrocnemius, which is your calves. Uh. So before we talk about causes, let's talk about the research, specifically the challenges. It's anecdotal. Okay, so that's one of the things. A lot of the early theories were based on anecdotal data. And another thing is that cramps are typically spontaneous. Mm. So for some people, cramps may occur early in the exercise regime, while for others, it only occurs after prolonged periods of exercise. And for others, it may even occur minutes or hours after the exercise routine, making it hard to predict when a cramp will occur and study it at that precise point. So the question here is how can we induce it? I don't know, but I think
0: it's something to do with salt deprivation. Talk about that in the courses.
2: But uh, in a lab setting, cramps may be
0: induced. Electrical impulses. (laughs) Yes.
2: So whether via voluntary activation of already contracted muscles, so they can try to ask people to voluntarily contract contracted muscles. Huh? Voluntarily? Means they try to make you like stimulate the muscles that are already contracted. So they have like certain exercises or something, but it's not very reproducible. And, and is it
0: good for your body like, to do these exercises just I for lab testing? Are we lab rats? <laughs> I
2: guess it's a trade-off. Like, Do you want to study what happens and like, how much risk are you willing to take? Yeah, I just have to be compensated.
0: <laughs> so the
2: other way is, like you said, electrically induced contractions. But this was mostly shown in small muscles which are not commonly affected in muscle cramps. So they are not really able to reproduce it in like big muscles. So that's one of the challenges. And then the thing is like not all individuals are susceptible. So that's yet another challenge. Mm. So with all the varieties of cramps from duration to location and intensity, it's not clear whether the mechanisms behind all these types of cramps are the same. Mm. So that's like a long caveat for what we're going to be talking about today. So my next question was actually what causes cramps, but Dorothy already said one. So it's the salt balance. Okay, so how do you
0: think that affects? Actually, I don't know. (laughs) It's like you just hear people say like, do you take enough salt or something?
2: Yeah, so actually electrolyte balance is like one of the things that a lot of people talk about. But where are, for example, sodium ions needed in that whole how we move. In the action potential. Yes. Okay, so basically the electrical signals that pass from like our nervous system to our skeletal muscles is through these action potentials. And sodium ions and potassium ions and calcium ions are all involved in this process, which Mm -hmm. is why Some people thought that the balance of electrolytes in the body could be a reason why muscle cramps occur. Mm. So this is mostly from anecdotal evidence of cramps occurring when some athletes lose a lot of salt in their sweat. However, to date, the evidence here is not very strong, and there was actually only one study that measured plasma levels of electrolytes following a cramp, and they couldn't find any significant difference. So this. Electrolyte balancing people are now believing that it could be a myth, but uh. we'll talk about it more later. So, the second and more recent theory is. Do you wanna have any guesses?
1: I just don't know.
0: (laughs) Okay. That's fine.
2: Okay, so have you ever heard of this thing called neuromuscular control? No. Okay, neither have I. So before (laughs) I read about this, I also thought it had to do with electrolyte balance. But basically, altered neuromuscular control has been proposed as a cause for cramps. More specifically, scientists believe that muscle fatigue can affect the way our nerves control muscle contractions. So this involves muscle spindles and golgi tendons, which work together to influence movement. So these both contain sensory receptors or are considered sensory organs, meaning that they can receive information from muscles regarding stretch and tension.
0: Also, oh, these are part of the nervous system?
2: It's part of the muscle and the nervous system. Oh, okay. So the muscle spindles are located in the muscles, the Golgi tendons are located in the tendons, oh. which is that usually white part connecting the bones to the muscle. So the muscle spindles are considered the excitatory activity and the Golgi tendon generally is considered to control the inhibitory activity. So the theory goes that development of muscle fatigue leads to increased excitatory activity and decreased inhibitory activity. Case okay, so So then both of these converge to increase motor neuron activity, leading to increased contraction and therefore muscle cramps.
0: Okay, that's a lot of information. So a lot of the
2: earlier papers they always looked at it as an either or scenario so it's mm. either electrolyte balance or neuromuscular control but recently scientists have proposed a model focusing on multiple risk factors so things like fatigue pain electrolyte imbalance and loss of water so like mm. um, dehydration could alter neuromuscular control so neuromuscular control could be like the last step before cramps right. but then there are multiple risk factors that lead to that mm-hmm. So meaning that numerous intrinsic and extrinsic factors converge on that common pathway. But honestly, like given that it's such a studied about topic, the evidence is not very strong. So I think, like we talked about earlier, there are a lot of challenges into studying
0: muscle yep. cramps. Yeah, it's like the stitches episode. It's very hard to study, so yeah, because it's hard to induce and yeah. you have to like you, it's hard Catch to predict. <laughs> yeah, so
2: they were like discussing how difficult it is to like actually get plasma levels during a cramp, especially if a cramp only occurs for like seconds. Yeah, so it's like. You can't really take a just before because you can't predict when it's gonna happen, and
0: yeah, and you can't take it when you have the cramp because, like, I already be in pain. <laughs> you wanna pin me down and take yeah. my blood,
2: and then it probably will be resolved by the time you take the blood. So then, yeah. like, is it valid or not? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now that we've talked about causes, what do you do when you get a cramp? How do I treat it? They say stretch.
1: Mm. That's that's what someone did to me
2: okay so in a calf like how do you do it how do you
1: stretch touch your toes
2: Mm -hmm. with your knees not bent specifically
0: uh Mm. supposedly
2: Okay. So there's actually a twenty twenty two evidence based review that actually came up with sixteen recommendations. Wow. Yeah. For treating and preventing EAMC, so exercise associated muscle cramps. Mm. And they graded each of these recommendations. So out of these sixteen, we'll only be going through the A and B recommendation. And what was the lowest grade? C. Oh, okay. If you want to see the C recommendations, you can click on the link and read table two. So, but honestly, there are only two A-grade mm-hmm. treatment recommendations and one of it is actually a, like what not to do. The first one is that athletes or clinicians should apply gentle static stretching to
0: the muscle cramp until it ablates. Mm. Usually I just grab my leg mm. and like do a, an invisible yowl. <laughs> <Like. laughs> So that no one wakes up. <laughs> oh my god, I'm, I totally can relate to that. I
2: also get the sleep calf cramps. But gentle static stretching is considered the fastest, safest and most effective treatment for active muscle cramps. Mm. And it's thought to help by restoring the balance between excitatory and inhibitory signaling, thus reducing muscle activity. Okay, so the second one, which is actually a do not, so like quinine or products containing quinine, so like tonic water, should not be administered during muscle cramp treatment. During?
0: Yeah, Like drinking it?
2: Drinking it, yes. Or like topical quinine. I don't know if you've heard of that. I'm not really familiar. Mm. No. Yeah, but basically it's been shown that like this thing doesn't work. So don't do it. That's the other A grade recommendation.
1: Like it makes it worse? That's Mm. why don't do it? It
2: it either makes it worse or like it doesn't help and has other effects. So don't do it. Yeah. So actually all these recommendations in the paper itself, they do have like a few paragraphs on each of them. So if you're interested, you can go and read it. Mm. There's one more B-grade treatment and it has to do with food. So which foods do you think help? 100
0: plus. Nope. Oh, I don't know. French fries because they're full of salt. Banana. Ah. Is it banana? No. Huh? Okay, so it's food items
2: containing acidic acid or vinegar. Oh, like oranges? Or like transient... Yeah, apples. <laughs> so acid, acetic acid, A C E T I C, that vinegar smelling thing. So, if you've ever smelled white vinegar, anything that smells like white vinegar generally contains acetic acid. Mm. And food items containing transient receptor potential activators. What? So, this is like capsaicin. So, things that are spicy. So, things that are vinegary or spicy have been shown to
0: help relieve acute muscle cramps.
1: It's just weird who has those things on hand
0: yeah and like you pack a chili party when you go and run
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> suck on it when you're having crabs and you're paying to suck on something so spicy
1: <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> i don't know who tasted a yeah or, or is it like after it's then you eat a spicy meal is says relief
2: acute muscle cramps, though. Yeah, so it sounds
0: I, to me is like on the like spot. Like it's
2: on the spot.
1: Yeah, so who has that ready? Maybe like capsaicin rubs, is it? Like yeah, like the have. spicy rub. Yeah.
2: But it specifically says food items, though. And it also says oh. if used, this should be administered infrequently and in small volumes, no more than 100ml. I'm like, who's drinking 100ml of vinegar? Oh, <laughs> Moreover, they should only be attempted with patients without related food allergies. Yeah, of course. Okay, so that's for treatment. In terms of prevention, there are no A grades here, but there are two B grade recommendations. Drink more water. Uh, not exactly... But it's trained at intensities and ah. in environments that are similar to those in competition. So like in terms of temperature, altitude and like your hydration rate, I guess. Right. And then the next one is incorporating neuromuscular re-education, plyometrics or strength training into training sessions when neuromuscular fatigue have been identified. So if that athlete generally gets more cramps when they are fatigued, then you can like introduce exercises or trainings that will help with their like neuromuscular pathways.
0: Yeah. I mean, you mean like uh, an exercise list that you can do. Yes. Mm. So I'm
2: going to end off the episode with some of the stretches that you can do for the common cramp areas. Okay. Are we doing it now? Um, Hopefully you can use it in the future if you ever get a cramp. I don't want a cramp. Yes. Hopefully you never have to use it But if you do then like Hopefully you remember some of this okay. So for the calf Or the gastrocnemius The stretch that you can do Is stand in a lunge position So do you know what's a lunge? So if you put um, If you um, oh. Open your legs One and leg like in front One, leg, one behind. leg in front One leg behind So the back leg is fully extended And the front leg is bent Okay So if you stand in a lunge position With your affected leg Stretched out behind you And then push your heel Towards the ground And hold for 30 seconds Or you can use your hand to pull your toes and foot upwards and hold for 30 seconds. So if you're upright, basically touching your toes. Mm. Okay, so for your quadriceps or the front of your thighs, just stand upright and lift your ankles towards your butt while holding the top of your foot. So you bend your leg backwards. Yep, yep. Okay, so then just hold that for 30 seconds. Mm. So if it's the back of your thighs or your hamstring, so you just sit up straight on the ground with both legs extended straight in front of you. Put your palms on the ground and slide your hands toward your ankles. Is that just like reaching for your toes? Yeah, but like next to you, not really. Not like in front of you? Yeah, so on the ground. Okay. I guess if you feel the stretch at the place where you're, where you're feeling the cramp, then it probably means that it's walking.
0: Mm.
2: Okay, so that's that. Hope you learned something and know what to do when you or someone around you have experienced a
0: cramp. I wish someone tell me, like, you can eat more french fries so that you get your salt and then <laughs> then go and exercise. <laughs> Why are you telling me that's not true?
1: I don't even know if that's an urban myth.
2: <laughs> I guess the salt balance thing is a myth that a lot of people subscribe to. So, like, you know a lot of people maybe say, like, oh, drink electrolyte drinks yeah, or yeah. take electrolyte tablets and it mm. may reduce your likelihood of
1: crime. Yeah. Improves performance and endurance. <laughs> and as usual, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Spotify. Like, and a comment would really help us out.
0: You can also follow us on our social media, Instagram Twitter, or Facebook, and feel free to DM us any questions. Alternatively, you can email us at thelabdoctors at gmail.com. We'll post the links in the episode description so you can check
2: that out if you're interested.
1: Bye.